Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast. Although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC Podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. On this episode, we are celebrating 100 episodes of At The Bridge Pod. We're taking a look back at where Chelsea were when we started back all the way in June 2019 and where we are now as a club and what the future holds. So here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back everyone to a very special episode, a milestone in our history. Today we are a century old, our 100th episode of At The Bridge Pod. And in a week which saw the NFL draft take place, I am your host Mikey and today my first and second picks, I choose my two co-hosts, Berth and Chris. How are we guys? Question is, Mikey, who's your first pick out of us two? I knew you were going to say that. I don't know. Technically, you I'm going to claim. Board, so... Yeah, I'm going to claim it's me because obviously we was there at the beginning yeah, with a hardcore from the start. I can't believe we're a hundred episodes deep. Chris, I know you joined late to the party, but how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I was like uh, the the new sign in to to take us to another level. That's how I see it. I think that's. Oh, I like I'm, it. I, I like mean, it. American listeners are going to know. Birth is the Trevor Lawrence, and second, we've got Zach Wilson. He's not bad. He's, he's no Trevor Lawrence, but he's not bad. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll take that. I don't know who Trevor Lawrence yeah, they, or the you, other yeah, guy is, but I, I I'll take my, it. My passion for NFL. I'm, I know the listeners will know. You two have like, no idea who these are. No, <laughs> but, no, I mean, I have no clue about the NFL. I know the teams, but other than that, that's as far as my knowledge goes on the NFL. Yeah. I'm sure we've all had a good week. I haven't, as people know. I've, I've been a bit under the weather. We won't go into detail, but weren't pleasant. But I'm good now. That's the main thing. That's what matters. That is the main thing. Exactly. Uh, with that, though, we're going to head straight into our newsroom, as always, and see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. So we're going to kick off with some game reviews. Uh, One of the biggest games of the season as we took on the surprise top four package that was West Ham United. Here's Chilwell. It's been a big gap between his last goal and this one, but he's picked a big moment to find the back of the net again. Chelsea won, West Ham nil. Timo with the crucial goal, a must-win game in our race to qualify for the European Super Champions League. Unless we are banned by UEFA. But guys, how did you see that game? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be a very tough game. And it was. West Ham have been fantastic this season. Got some great players in Lingard and and Suchek and Declan Rice, of course. But we did it. And Tuchel's been brilliant at this. We set out to not lose a game. We didn't lose a game. Um, I thought Mount was brilliant. I thought Werner... Even though he missed a clear-cut chance at one point, he took his goal very, very well and actually played really well as well. And it was just a good defensive, solid performance that we've come used to under Tuckle. And it's a massive, massive win, which is the main thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it was one of them games where the result was really more important than the performance. When you look at the table, how important not losing that game was. And then to win it was was just a bonus, really. Um, puts... Champions League qualification in our own hands, which is exactly what you want. I thought Werner, up until the the sitter he missed, was one of his best games for a long time. I think the the miss then sort of affected him, but 
up until that point, I thought he was really good. I thought his goal was really good because he showed different sides to his game that we haven't really seen. The way he held off the defender was someone who's getting more used to the physicality of the Premier League. Um, yeah, but weren't the best game to watch. I thought West Ham was disappointing as well. Um, but defensively, we were solid again. And like I said, the win was the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. It was a, it was a good win for us. It, it had to happen. Uh, puts us firmly in the driving seat. Uh, defensively, we, we were excellent, in my view. I mean, West Ham hardly had a sniff on the goal. And yeah, OK, they didn't have a recognised striker because of their injuries. But, you know, we know the form Jesse Lingard's in. And we kept him quiet, which was key. Jared Bowen as well, another absolutely incredible player for that side this season. And again, kept him quiet. Going forward, uh, mixed bag. I mean, Werner getting a goal was nice to see. Werner missing from four yards out was not nice to see. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, Timo or Timo. Uh, I don't know with that guy. It's it's such a shame. Uh, either way, though, it's it's a big three points, and it's another step to securing Champions League football for next season. Um, I think I've got to say, Ziyech could have had a hat trick if his teammates actually looked up when playing the ball. I mean, there was three chances. What I counted for that key pass that was just missing. I mean, there was one from Kante. Uh, the second one was Mount when he got a pass in the final third. He'd intercepted. He passed it to Werner and Ziet made a perfect run. He had plenty of space in the box and Werner just tried to cut inside and just lost it, just over overthinking the dribble. Uh, the third one was Mount not passing it to Ziek at the end of the game. I know it was in the dying embers, but, you know, could have cut the ball back. I don't know what you thought on it, but I thought we could have scored more. No, I think that's been our main problem this season is that there's been a lot of games where we should have killed the game off and we should have found that killer pass or, or pass in the final third. You know, for all our qualities going forward, we have got a few weaknesses and Mount, I mean, he's been incredible our player this season this year, without a doubt, but, you know, his slight weakness is he is inconsistent with that final ball. Uh, Pulisic against Real Madrid the other day, we saw that he was a bit inconsistent. Kante going forward can be quite indecisive at times and Werner obviously he's a man that is quite low on confidence still so you know we do have to get better in the final third I think the main thing is like I said we did win um, and we scored that crucial goal because let's face it West Ham never really looked like scoring um, and going forward like for next season we do have to either find someone that can like buy someone who can find that killer pass and consistently make that final pass or we just need to improve as a team doing that yeah Chris yeah, I, I think that's that sort of sums our season up. It's aside from aside from Werner, there's not many other players who are missing big chances. We struggle to create the big chance in the first place. All our approach play is always really nice, and then it gets to that final pass, and you can you can almost see it developing, and you'll think that final pass will be wrong, and nine times out of ten it is, and I think that's. That's what's let us down, and I think that's why the main reason why we're still fighting for fourth and not comfortably sat inside that top four. I think mm. it's just those the fact that no one in the final third or in our midfield can consistently find the right pass to give us the chance to score. I think that's something we've been missing for a long time. Uh, mm. I mean, you could easily see us going back in the market this summer for a, a healthy striker. It's just something that looks... I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a striker. I, I really don't think it is the striker. I mean, I, I do think we are going to get a striker in the summer. But I think it is sort of with the personnel in midfield and, and the creative players that we got. Because, 
I mean, Mount, Kante, Pulisic, all terrific players, really, really good players, but they're the players behind the striker and they're consistently missing that final ball. So, yeah, we do need a striker because obviously Timo's missing a few, but we also need that player that can consistently do it on a regular basis. Yeah, that is exactly spot on. Um, that's the race for the top four covered. So we're going to head to Spain and see how we got on against Real Madrid. Well, we are all set up for next week in West London for the second leg. Full time tonight, half time in the tie. Real Madrid won, Chelsea won. Real Madrid won, Chelsea won. Now, I would have taken 1-1 before the game. After that first half, I'm honestly, I'm a little disappointed. Maybe that's a bit cocky, but I, I am disappointed. I mean, the game was there for us. How did you both feel about it? I mean, I, I think 1-1 is a terrific result. I know people were disappointed and I, I can see why, but let's not forget that this is Real Madrid. We've got a massive, massive away goal. And, you know, in the first half, we made him look like a second-rate team. I mean, there's no reason why we can't beat him 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. I really don't see why we can't do that. Um, the way we sort of bypass their midfield, that's their midfield of Cruz, Casemiro and Modric, three of the best midfielders in the world at the minute. The way he bypassed them was incredible. I thought Kante, Jorginho, terrific. Mount, again, uh, I'll actually record about Mount every single week, but this kid is 22. People were doubting him. Some people don't rate him. And he looked quality against the Real Madrid side. Real Madrid, one of the most, probably the biggest European club in the like, ever. And he looked quality against them. Um, Pulisic as well. He, I mean, Pulisic looks like a man on form at the minute. He looks like the old Pulisic from the end of last season. And yeah, he missed a few chances. Werner, obviously, he's going to take a knock to his confidence again after that miss. But look, I think it was a really good performance either way. It's a great result again. And I think going forward, we, we can beat Ramjid pretty comfortably if we play like we did on Tuesday. Yeah. I'll start off by saying that I think the first half an hour, I was uh, I was so amazed at how well we played. I think it's mm. it's definitely the best I've seen us play. When you consider the level of opponent that we're playing against as well, it's the best we've played in at least the last twelve months. I would say. And yeah. What concerns me is the fact that we didn't kill the tie in that half an hour. I thought there wasn't. I was disappointed in the goal we conceded because it came off a set piece. Because really, from open play, again, defensively, we were so solid that Real Madrid, I don't really remember them having a meaningful shot on target from open play. So it was so disappointing to concede off a set piece. But the chances, it, it, was, it was what we were just saying, really, from the West Ham game. It wasn't missing the chances. I know Werner missed the one from four yards or, or whatever it was. But aside from that, it was the final pass that we was missing. Yeah, you know, like, Berth, like you said, Berth, you know, the amount of times we bypassed their midfield and was running at their defence and then overcooked the pass, playing the player too wide. You know, It happened to Werner a couple of times where he was in behind and the pass just led him out wide rather than in on goal. And then you know, there, was, there was a few times when it, was, when it was a good pass to Werner. His first touch then took him out wide. But it wasn't. It wasn't just him. There was there was other players who who was responsible for that as well. And it it's just Real Madrid are one of them teams where I don't think they're a, they're a great side. They're definitely not the Real Madrid of four or five years ago. But they seem to find a way to get results. Like they didn't really deserve anything from the game on Tuesday, but they've still got the one-one out of it. Now I know we've got the away goal, but Zidane got it tactically really wrong by playing trying to match us up in the formation. 
And I don't think he'll do that again. And if Ramos is back for the second leg as well, then will they be that bad defensively again? Uh, probably not. So I, I, I do believe we can still beat them in the second leg because they have to come out and try and score. So there will be chances on the counter-attack. Will we find the right passes? It'll all boil down to what I said about a month ago, really. If, if we was to fail in any competition this year, you'll probably be looking at our forward players for not finishing off chances. And I think that's what it'll be in the second leg. I've got to say, do you? It's, I, I think the answer's screaming us in the face, but if we had Karen Benzema in our squad, we'd have won 4 0, wouldn't we? Or 3 0. Yeah. Um, he, he scores goals. He, the he thing is, though, he finishes goals. I, I totally agree with that. And I think that is the difference between us and Real Madrid. They've got a clinical striker who doesn't miss. I think Benzema is one of the most underrated strikers has ever been. Make no mistake about that. I mean, I know they've not got Ronaldo and, and Bale and players like that now, but they've still got Benzema who will put the ball in the back of it. And, you know, Werner. As much as I love him, he's not Benzema at the minute. He certainly isn't. And neither is Tammy, and neither is Giroud. So if we do lose this tie, it will be because of Karim Benzema and his finishing qualities. But at the same time, you know, I don't think we should be scared. Real Madrid, they are going to come out and attack us. And if we can bypass their midfield again, like we did the other day, then I don't see why we can't get a few more goals again. Even with Ramos, even with Ramos, I still think we can get them. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be... I mean... On the plus side, there's so much to play for next week. And obviously, it could go either way, and we can dare to dream. Um, Notes I've got down for the second leg. It's as simple as finish your fucking chances. Because we had the chances, but we didn't finish them. And that's the problem. You know, we're so good at creating, but it's I don't mean to, you know... We need to improve on that final pass as well on the counter. And... Timo making runs to complement it, it's great, but he needs to finish them as well. It, you know, and uh, not to get on Timo's back because I really do want him to succeed and I do like him. But the amount of times we were running at Real Madrid and their defence and the pass was either shit or Timo just made the awful run. That was so many times. So many times. I, see, I, I don't know. I don't actually think it was that bad against. I, I actually think. He weren't dreadful, don't get me wrong. I, don't, I mean, I know he missed a. Don't get me wrong, he missed a clear cut chance, but I actually think his runs are really good. I, I don't think his final ball was awful. I, I, I just think it was. The balls that are fed into him were quite bad. And, and look, we're not a great team for creating chances. Yes, we, we play a lot of pretty football and we're all technically good on the ball, but I don't think. Routine that create loads and loads of chances like a Man City does. We haven't got that Kevin De Bruyne or even a Bruno Fernandes sort of player that can just do it on a consistent basis. We go back to that point again. Um, yeah. And, and I, feel, I feel it's harsh on Timo. I mean, look, there's no excuses for missing that chance, but... Would, the chuckle reaction was would, quite would, good. Would Tammy or would Giroud have made a difference in that game? Would they have made the runs that Timo had? I'm not necessarily sure they would have. Would they have scored the goal that Timo missed? Possibly, but I think Timo does add that different dimension that when a team presses you and when a team is trying to chase the game, I think Timo has to play. So, yeah, I know he's missed a few chances recently, but there's an argument where you can't really drop him against Real Madrid in the next leg because he will get a lot of space and he will get a lot of chances that maybe Tammy or Giroud won't get. So it's a difficult one if you're Thomas Tuckle at the minute. Like, what do you go with? Yeah. So we'll go very defensive. Would you try and just stretch the game, try and get a few goals early? Um, I think. Yeah, we know Marcello obviously is out. We don't know about Rudiger. Um, We know Carvajal's out. I'm thinking of Real Madrid injuries. 
Marcello's because of political stuff. We, we've Rudiger's potentially out. He's out for this weekend, which was quite a surprise. Kovacic looks like he's out again. So it's it's going to be difficult. We're going to have mm. our own injuries. What were you going to say, Chris? Sorry. I, I think I think Tuchel will go for similar to what he did in the first yeah. leg. I think I think it, I, I would I'd put money on him playing the same front three because it did work up to the final pass. But like you just said, Berth, no matter who we bring in, none of them consistently find that final pass either. You know, I think Giroud and Tammy do finish the chance that Werner gets. Yeah. But are Tammy and Giroud in the same position as Werner was in? I don't think Tammy would be. And I don't think Giroud would be because of his lack of pace. Yeah. It may be be a really good game for um, Hakim Ziyech in the next game because, again, he might get a lot of space, he might get a lot of time. And he showed before against Real Madrid that he can punish them. And, you know, he's finding a bit of form now at the end of the season. So it could be a really good game for Ziyech. Mm, I think it'll be interesting to see, though, what happens this weekend because we're in that awful position at the minute where we've got Real Madrid coming up on Wednesday, but we can't afford to drop points against Mm. Fulham on Saturday. So, you know, you can't, I don't think you can over rotate thinking ahead to Wednesday when Saturday is so important because we can't put all our eggs in the winning the Champions League basket because. Even if we get past Real Madrid, whoever we play in the final isn't going to be easy. There's no guarantees that you're going to be on the winning side in the final. So I just think mm. it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what team he goes with on Saturday yeah. with Real Madrid in mind. Yeah, it'd be very. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting second leg, and it's all to play for. And hopefully, we'll beat Fulham. And obviously, Rudiger's going to be out for that, which is a blow because he was quite good against Real Madrid. Kante man of the match, of course, but. It, it'll be interesting next week. Next week is going to be a very another season-defining week. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be back, listeners, after this. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back, listeners. Well, we made it to three figures, a century, 100 episodes of At The Bridge Pod. So this was the perfect moment for us to simply take a look back at our show at Chelsea, see how it's all grown and developed since our first episode back in June of 2019. Now, this episode structure and idea was suggested back in early March of this year from listener of the show. And it's someone who we all agree here is an incredible contributor too with his questions and much more, Chris Bailey. So round of applause. For uh, for Chris, he's he's an incredible. Chris is what what Chris is in Chelsea. What can you say? What can you say? Uh, naturally, we we go back to the start, back to June of 2019, a time before Chris, not that one. Uh, our own Chris had uh, joined a duo of Berth and myself decided to set up a podcast, talk about Hazard, who just left Chelsea, join Real Madrid. So, what shape were Chelsea in all the way back in that summer? Well. A third place finish in the league, runners up in the uh, UA. Not what were we runners up in? I forgot. Was it the FA Cup? Oh, the League Cup. Yeah, that's Oh, we don't remember that. Um, and a Europa League title to our name. Mauricio Sarri was heading for the exit door, as was Eden Hazard and club legend Rob Green. In came Frank Lampard and a youth regeneration of our squad alongside Mateo Kovacic. So, guys, this is going to be a quite a fun sort of topic. How do you feel Chelsea are now compared to where we are, were at episode one in June of 2019? Um, I think we're probably in a better position now. I think, I'd hope obviously so. We've got, 
Yeah, I mean, I think at the start of that, when we first started the podcast, obviously there's a lot of um, a lot of things were up in the air of the transfer ban and, and who was going to come in. We didn't know Lampard was coming in at the time of the first podcast, so it's a very strange time. No one really knew I was going to get on the next season. I think everyone thought I was going to finish mid-table, um, but obviously we didn't. Frank Lampard did an amazing job to get us fourth. Obviously things didn't work out for him, but now I think with Tuchel, we're obviously in the Champions League semi-final in a really good position, FA Cup final. In the top four at the minute, we've signed some good players. Ben Chilwell is now our number one left back. You know, we've solved that left back crisis. Uh, Kepper, we've, we've replaced him with Edward Mendy for 22 million, who again solved our goalkeeping crisis. So I think as a team and as a whole, we're a lot more stable now. Um, and like it did when we first started, the future again still looks bright for Chelsea. Yeah, I would say that the the squad that we have now compared to then obviously has gone up a few levels, has a lot more potential in it now with the signings we've made. But I still think we've struggled to solve our main problems. You know, I agree with what you said, Berth. I think we we have solved the left-back problem. I do think Mendy has been an upgrade on Kepa. Uh, Is Mendy Mm. still a title-winning keeper? I'd say that the jury's probably still out on that one, although he, he hasn't done anything to suggest he couldn't be. But, you know, he hasn't... We haven't hit those levels with him in goal, so... That's the only way you can judge it, really. But I, are we any closer to winning a title now than we was in June 2019? It's, it, it's tough. You'd look at our squad and say, yeah, but you'd look at our performances and say, no, we're probably not. We, look, we still look streets behind Manchester City. You know, Liverpool have had a, an awful season this year, but who knows what's going to happen with them if they get back on form next year. But if you look at the way Man City are playing now and the differences in their in the quality they have, strength in depth, ability to play different ways. You know, when they went on that long gun beat and run, they was getting a lot of one nils and a lot of clean sheets. But then you look at them now and they, they, they can brush teams aside, very clinical in the final third. I think we're still struggling to solve that problem. I don't think in the, the year and a bit that it's been, we haven't still haven't solved the problem of the top end of the pitch for, from then to now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. back in episode one, for me, I, I was nervous. You know, we lost the top manager, whether you liked him or not. And we lost our talismanic player in Eden. You know, the looming transfer ban was coming. It was all quite a, a worrying package. You know, I remember our pre-season very well. You know, we had a mini tour of Ireland, which was, was decent. Uh, we then beat Barcelona 2-1 in Japan. Overall, some decent results. Only the one loss. But obviously, we take pre-season with a huge pinch of salt as ever. You can't take it too serious. Uh, starting of that season, though, we lost to Man United 4-0. That was devastating. I think that made the anxiety level for all fans creep up to 100% for sure. Uh, the first time I was, I'd say, happy with a performance was beating Wolves 5-2. And we had that stunner from Tamori. Uh, I only remember it really well because that day I was playing Gears 5. and yeah. <laughs> but um, that season, though, as a whole, I think at the start, I said top four and maybe a good cup run, which in the end, both boxes got a tick. Um, I was wary of Frank Lampard coming in and the youth generation because you just don't know how it will go. That's not me saying he's not got the credentials or the the academy wasn't good enough, but you do not know. You take a huge risk. Uh, Mason Mount looks a talent, but only proven in the championship and obviously the Dutch league, which we all admit is a hit and miss when it comes to players transitioning into the Premier League. You know, Alfonso Alves comes to mind. 
then you have the Luis Suarez sort of spectrum. Uh, if back in June of 2019, you would have said to me we'd be managed by a former PSG manager, uh, my mind would have turned to Lauren Blanc. It's as simple as that. I would never have seen Tuchel. But overall, I'm quite content where we are now. And I feel that I totally agree with Chris. Are we in a place now versus 2019 to go for a title? Maybe not. But I think we've got the right manager. With the ro- If we get a goal scorer, I don't see why we can't be in that top two next season. I don't see why we can't. I, I don't know what the argument is there between you two, if you think. But I, if we get a Lukaku or someone of that level, we have no excuses because we've got a great defence because of Tuchel's philosophy. Well, what do you feel on that? I think the problem we've had is that, obviously, we've never been able to replace Eden Hazard. And I think... You don't think Pulisic is there yet? No, I think that's fair. I think, you know, Pulisic... Pulisic probably first agree with me there. I don't think he is there. I think it's pretty obvious that he isn't there, especially with his injuries and sort of inconsistent performances. He, ju- he just isn't there. I'm not saying he, he can't get to that level because obviously the potential's there, but we just haven't got that player who can break open a game, can take the game by the neck and produce some magic every single game. I mean, look at that that season under Sarri. Hazard is our best player by a mile. He'd single-handedly win us games. Now, at the minute, you'd say, yes, team-wise, we're a very, very good team at the minute, fantastic team, but we've not got that one player that can just produce that bit of magic day in, day out. And that's something that, if you like it or not, Man United have got in Bruno Fernandes. I know people say, oh, he goes missing and that. Yeah, yeah, he does sometimes go missing, but look at these goal-scoring record, look at his assists. He's a fantastic player for them, and he has made them much better. Man City, I've got three of them. <laughs> I've got... I've got De Bruyne. I've got, you know, Phil Foden now. I've got Aguero, although he's going, but I've got loads. Um, Liverpool, fair enough. You know, Van Dijk's got injured, but I've got Salah, who's carrying them this season. Again, another one that gets a lot of stick, but without him at the minute, they'd, they'd be way further down the table. Um, and, and even Tottenham, Tottenham got Harry Kane, who, again, is probably going to move in the summer, so we're led to believe, but, you know, He's a class player, a world class player. And I just think at the minute we are missing that that X factor that's just sort of stopping us from getting to that top level. Now we'll bring in someone say a Lukaku help that. It will help that. Will it solve the problem completely? I don't think it will. Um because world class players and elite level players are just really hard to replace. And I think it's gonna take a long time to replace Eden Hazard. Yeah, that's probably fair. What what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree completely with Beth. I think I've been saying for a long time that Obviously, we was always going to struggle to replace Hazard. It was the same when Ronaldo left Man United. It was the same when Bale left Tottenham. Some players are just impossible to replace or near impossible to replace. You know, Liverpool struggled when Suarez left. It's if you look at if you look at what we've been missing though since Hazard went to Real Madrid. Hazard, aside from that one really bad season, he was pretty consistent, double figures for goals and assists. Since he left, I don't know if we've had anyone who has hit over two years double figures in goals and assists in both seasons. I don't know the actual stats on it, but I'd be surprised if we have had someone who's done that. And I think that's what we're missing. And the problem I have with this, everyone thinks that signing a striker would solve all our problems. We were just talking about the Real Madrid game. And the thing we mentioned most was not finding the final pass. It doesn't matter who you've got up front. 
if you can't find the right pass, they won't score the goal. Because if you can't get the ball to them in the right area at the right time to match the run they're making, then they won't score goals. You know, that's why so many strikers have failed at Chelsea because we do have an uh, inability to find strikers in the right position at the right time. You know, we've, we've never replaced Fabregas. He was the, the maestro at that, really. If a striker made a run, Fabregas would find them. Hazard was the same. And I think Birthright, I think if you look at title-winning teams, including Chelsea in our last two most recent titles, they've had players who I was almost guaranteed player of the year. And I don't think we've got a player. Mason Mount is absolutely brilliant. But is he... He's not Edin Hazard, who's going to drag a team to a title. He's a very good player. But I don't think he's got that in him, especially not yet. He could have when he's 26, 27. But at the minute, I don't think he's got that ability to drag this team to a title. And Liverpool had it with Salah. Man City have it with, you know, like Berth said, four or five. But mainly Kevin De Bruyne. You know, even Man United after Ronaldo left, they, they struggled until Van Persie come in that season. And he was the same. He was the, the player who can lead you there. And I do think that X-Factor player is what we are missing. Pulisic, we thought, could have done it after his form from last season. But his form this season has been up and down. He started to play better recently, but you know, until he does it over a consistent period, I don't think we can start talking about him replacing Hazard. So I just think the striker issue is an issue, but we would need a striker who's capable of scoring goals out of nothing. I think that would be the key, not a striker who relies on passes to get them in. I think that's why Werner struggles. Strikers who play on the shoulder and, and play in behind defences rely on good passes from their midfield players. I think that's why we need a Lukaku who could score a goal that he can make himself with his pace and his power. Or a Harry Kane who he can take the ball 30 yards from goal and find top corner. Yeah, He's got, yeah. He's got a really good shot on him. We need that sort of player. We can't have another striker who relies on good passes from midfield because you just don't get them. No, that, that's a very fair point. So... We've got, got three or four fun questions, quick-fire questions, so to speak. Uh, so, who have been your favourite players in our 100-episode run so far? I mean, for me, it's Mason Mount and Rhys James. I mean, they're two academy lads. They've come good, and they had incredible loan spells at Vitesse, Derby, and Rhys James being at Wigan. They've cemented their place in our eleven, and who doesn't love to see that, especially because we get a lot of stick for our academy and our loan army, and they've, they've shown that you can get into this squad and become key members. Guys, What we, who have been your favourite player or players since 2019? I mean, this one's easy. Mine's Mason Mount. I, I think, you know, fair play to him and Rhys James and Hudson Adore and Abraham. I think they've all came in and done fantastic. They've done really well. Each and every one of them have, have proved that they're more good enough for Chelsea. But I think Mount just stands out purely because of his work ethic. I think he's got an elite mentality. I think the amount of stick that he's got for him to keep going and keep performing and just get better and better, especially this season. I mean, we all thought that when, once Lampard got, had gone, that he wouldn't get in the team and that that'd be it for Mason Mountain. But under Tuchel, he's become better. I think he looks bulkier now. He looks stronger on the ball. His dribbling's fantastic. I think he's got a fantastic first touch. The pockets of space he gets in midfield and sort of in that final third is unplayable at times. Um, and he's popping up with goals and, and important assists now, which is what we, he needed to do to get be, uh, to become better. And we've all talked about his leadership and we've all talked about how he's a future Chelsea captain, you know, and I still 
I th- still think that's true. I think he'll be a Chelsea captain for years and years to come. I, th- I think he, if he carries on, he could become a legend of this club, and I really mean that. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think any sane Chelsea fans' opinion on this would be Mason Mount. So, but for the purposes of this, I'll choose someone different. Willie, uh, please be William. Please be William. Please be William. Definitely isn't William. Uh, mine would be Jorginho. Oh, okay. I think he gets oh. he gets a lot of stick from our fan base for obvious deficiencies in his game that we've we've spoke about on the pod before. But I stand by the fact that Jorginho is the type of midfield player that all top teams want to have. He is the main reason why we keep possession so well. I think we had a, a few games last season where we couldn't get a hold of the ball. And then Jorginho come on and calmed everything down. I think it was Crystal Palace away. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, where we couldn't we couldn't get hold of the ball for fifteen minutes, and then Lampard brought Jorginho on, and the, the whole game completely changed. You know, the fan base they love to ridicule him because he's not quick and he's not strong. Imagine what our fan base would have done to Tony Cruz and Luka Modric in that Real Madrid game last week. They was getting mm. ragged by Kante. Our fan base would have absolutely slaughtered our midfield for that. But that's not their game. Tony Kroos isn't in midfield to run backwards and make tackles. And Jorginho isn't in our midfield to do that either. So I do think he's a player where you have to set him up in a system that suits him. And I understand that. But that's what you do with all good players. But I do think he is the, the sort of player that every top club who wants to win titles and Champions Leagues would want in their team. Not necessarily him, but a player of his type who likes to get on the ball and receives it on the half turn in midfield, keeps it nice and easy. I would like to see him pass forward a bit more, which he has started doing past few weeks, in fairness to him. But I, I just stand by the fact that he gets a lot of unfair criticism. I, I think with Jorginho, I think when he plays well, the whole team plays well. I don't think you know he's one of them where he can play well and the whole team can be bad. I think sort of if Jorginho's having a bad game, the whole team does. And if he's playing yeah. well, the whole team's playing well. He sort of dictates... He really does dictate our play and dictate how we play. Oh, yeah. He's so he's amazing, a re- amazing, really bro. important player. And in, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think he gets a lot of stick unfairly. And I think, you know, a credit to him again in his mentality that he keeps going and he keeps putting in really good performances. Because I think against Real Madrid, I thought he was terrific. So, favourite Chelsea-related moment since 2019? It's, it's a hard one, I know. I quite enjoyed when we won, uh, beat Arsenal at the Emirates 2-1. I must admit. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. But I, I, also, I also quite enjoyed the Athletic Madrid 2-0, which is quite recent when Emerson scored yeah, the goal. That, that is a spot. I can't argue. I tried to not pick too far, too close, I suppose. But um, yeah. Chris? Yeah, I mean, you've already mentioned mine, I think. It was the Wolves 5-2. You know, you go into that game and Wolves really hard to play against and you think oh, this yeah. is going to be a really tough game. And we, was, we played some electric stuff that day and Abraham's hat-trick was class. The mm. one where he slowed Cody down and then sped him up and fired it into the corner was a great goal. The Tamori goal was a wonder strike. And it was just one of them days where you enjoyed the performance from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I mean, for me, I've gone 4-4, which was against Ajax. I mean, 4-1 down after 55 minutes. I mean, it was done and dusted. <laughs> and then the comeback began. Two crazy red cards for Ajax. The fans got behind us and it gave us that much needed push. And it just showed how resilient we could be as a unit when we all like, pulled together. Uh, and, you know, for one, I absolutely am in love with the MLS again because of seeing the fans there. And it would be nice to see them safely back and 
with the UK. So hopefully soon. Um, favorite episode of our podcast so far? <laughs> That's a tough one. I always like our prediction ones, but I, I kind of like, I can't narrow it down to just one in particular, but I do like our court heroes. I, th- I think that's like one of my favourite ones to do, just because I like looking back at the history of Chelsea and looking sort of mm. what sort of players almost get overlooked and sort of just looking deep into their careers and, and how they've sort of progressed and become legends in Chelsea. So, yeah, I'd say our court hero topics are, are my favourite ones to do. Chris? Yeah, uh, I... I like every episode that we do, but well, well, obviously, Chris. I mean, I'd be surprised if you didn't. Yeah, and I would, but you never know. (laughs) Uh, I would say I really enjoyed the episode we did on Juan Mata because he was one of my favourite Chelsea players ever, and I did that. That was really enjoyable. But then I also liked the one that we did about um, the social media abuse because it was nice to do something a bit different and talk about what was a really serious subject at the time and hasn't really got a lot better since, to be honest. But I thought that was a really good one as well. Yeah, That's a really I, good shout, actually. I, I mean, for me, I we I do love all our guests that we've had on the show. You know, we've had Will Ford, Ed Quoth the Raven, Rob Prattley, and many more. And I've loved each one. And the chats we, I've, I've had with each one have been amazing. I mean, for me, I'd say if we're going precise episodes, it's episode 52. You know, that's when Chris came on board. And, you know, it's not me trying to uh, be a kiss-ass. It's, you know... <laughs> It changed up our dynamic and it made the show even more of a good laugh. And each episode, I've loved it because it's just created that that dynamic and that friendship group between us. Obviously, coming at a time where we were all locked in and you didn't really have that social interaction, it, you know. And we've also got an episode of Chelsea's 10 youngest Premier League goalscorers. Where are they now? Sitting in the, the bank, the vault, ready to be released at some point when we need to, if we ever need to release an episode like that. Uh, but it's been absolutely amazing to have yourself on board. It's, that's not, it's just me being very honest. I've absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm glad I'm to that. I'd say my favourite episode is episode one because that started this train. <laughs> yeah, at, the, uh, at the bridge train and it's not stopped yet. I mean, it's been brilliant to do. We've got a genuinely good fan base with it. You know, it's just yeah. always something to look forward to, especially during a pandemic. You know, it's just brilliant to, to talk about Chelsea, something that we all love, you know, we get loads of like questions now. You got genuine like, fans like Chris Bailey, who's who's really good, just really interesting questions. Me and Chris are talking to him the other down to here. He's a fan of the show, so you know it's just brilliant that we've got something now, a good community that actually listens to the podcast. We talk about great topics, and it's just good to have a good chat now and again. It's still surreal to be popular in Australia and America, and just think what it's it's absolutely it's amazing, <laughs> amazing. But it's still surreal. You think, wow, okay, you know. I mean, it's, it, the pandemic obviously hit at the t- um, hit unfortunate times, never a good time. But, you know, we've only ever seen one game, even at a pub, in, in person together. It was once, and it's surreal that it'll be good when pubs are, like, properly open with, you know, football on the TV screens and everything, because then we can actually all get round and, you know, meet up together. It's just such a shame that, obviously, what's happened, we've been kept apart because of, obviously, safety reasons. So... That'd be good when we get to finally do that. <laughs> Maybe even do a live episode or something. Something mad, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. I mean, naturally, our heads are going to turn to the future. Um, what do you kind of expect Chelsea to do as we head into the next 100, say, episodes of At The Bridge Pod? So, like, roughly June 2023. Uh, what, what do you think we're expecting and what do you want to happen? Big question. Well, I, mean, uh, I mean, we could be talking about in 10 episodes' time that we've won the Champions League and FA Cup, which is... Yes, get in positivity. Which is incredible, really, when you think about it. Like, I mean, 
talk about 10 episodes ago, you weren't even thinking about it now, 10 episodes later. I mean, who knows? It's Chelsea. Anything can happen at Chelsea. We've all shown that, well, we've been looking at that for the past 15 years. Actually, everything can, anything has happened. Who knows? It's just good to be a Chelsea fan. It's good to see Chelsea play football. Good for them to be successful. Good to see Mount players like Reese James get a chance and actually performing really well. Um, hopefully the summer signings that we bought kick on and actually find some form. I know Mendy, Chilwell are playing really well at the minute. ZX starting to get into a bit of form. Mm. Havertz is showing signs now and even Werner showing signs. So a few more additions and hopefully maybe next season we start talking about a Premier League title push. Maybe, maybe. But look, it's just always great to be a Chelsea fan. So let's just see what happens and go with it. Yeah, that's fair. Chris? Uh, I would like, by episode 200, I would like to have won the league. I think we've gone far too long. By then, we would have gone way too long without a Premier League title, especially considering our financial backing. Oh, yeah. And I would like to see Mason Mount as captain. Yes, what a great shout. What a great shout. I mean, I I want to say Champions League title and Tuckle. Can I? I don't know. Maybe not. It's ambitious, but you never know. I mean, I'd say next season I'd expect a realistic run at the title. We have to, especially with the talk of our transfer window expenditure this coming summer. Haaland, Lukaku, someone else. I mean, it's going to be a big summer recruitment yet again. That's what I fully do expect, realistically. What do I want? I mean, I'd love to see the fans inside the grounds. You know, safely, of course. I do miss the atmosphere. I miss the sights, the sounds, the whole package that the fans bring to the game. I mean, when we saw the Super League fallout... It was like watching a game again, hearing that 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 voice, one one voice from thousands. It, it was, it's amazing, and it really does get the hype. It gets you going, and yeah, it'd be great to see again when it does happen. So fingers crossed, it it's sooner. I mean, if we're sitting here and we've won at least one trophy, ideally the Premier League, you know, I sh- I'd be more than satisfied. Truly, I, I really would be. Um, I'll leave the final word to Chris Bailey. So if you're taking shots at see how many times his name gets mentioned. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be one hell of an episode for everyone. But, you know, he said today, as w- when I said about any messages he wanted to send anyone to send the team in, um, he said, as well as being great at interacting with the listeners and effectively communicating your insightful knowledge of football and Chelsea, the thing that really sets you apart from all the others is the respectful discussions and lack of hot takes. Here's to another 100 pods. That, I feel, is extremely appreciated on my end, and I'm sure both of you agree. Yeah, we're glad. We try not to be too hot hot take knee jerk and we're glad that it's it comes across everything we say is respectful because that's the whole point you know we're all going to have disagreements some of us find Willian a legend others don't no no suggestions there <laughs> but we respect that the other might have a different view and that that's brilliant you know we do have that that different opinion I do, I do think the main thing about us that sort of sets us apart is that we are genuine with all our views mm. I think you know we're all very passionate and, and genuine you know you look onto it and sometimes you think are they just saying that just for attention and just for likes? My Chris Woodview like was taken out of context. I didn't... I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. Chris Bailey was... talks about hot takes, but you're Chris Wood one. I no, mean, we, we, we haven't talked about that. We, we haven't talked about that, but right. Chris Wood we is not the answer and is definitely not the backup choice. You might as well just get Antonio Conte back, <laughs> back and get down. and get Peter Crouch in. We are not <laughs> getting Chris Wood. I'm not backing down. He'd be a great backup striker. Maybe not number one. And then someone else, but... What if we need to start them? Ah, it's easy. Okay, but I, I think it'd be all right. But be cheap. Attention uh, seeker. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But now we are genuine and we are all really passionate. And we, you know, we're not nasty and, and not controversial. We always put our points across. We've, yeah, exactly. You know, we've got opinions and, and genuine 
arguments and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's really good to hear people think we're actually knowledgeable and stuff like that because in my mind, I'm just I'm just a Chelsea fan at heart. I just like talking about, about Chelsea and the fact that people like that is, you know, it's really heartwarming and I'm sure Chris would agree with me on that one. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I think we we don't jump on sort of bandwagons, do we? We're, if there is something to talk about, we'll just give our, our honest opinion and I think that's the key. I think that's hopefully why people like listening to it is because we don't, we're not doing things just to try and get listens. We're just giving our honest opinion. And sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't. But no matter what, we always respect each other's opinion. And I think that's that's the key. And it's nice to know that, that people think that about us as well. Chris, by the way, our, our next episode is uh, why William is a Chelsea legend. I know you'll I'll be really happy about that. I will well, be the opposition on that episode. <laughs> I, I, haven't even, I haven't even thought of... We've got loads of topics, so we, we absolutely uh, we're sorted to that. Uh, with that, we, we've come to the end of episode 100 of At The Bridge Pod. So we, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to her, whether you joined episode 1, 10, 50, or just a new listener today. You know, we appreciate it. And, you know, we're, not, we're nothing without the community. So thank you very much. Um, it's time for our social media plug. So where can we be found, guys? Um, Chris, would you like to go first or second this week? Uh, I'll go second. Why not? Oh, OK. Well... I'm at Chris Burford on Twitter. And on Twitter, my personal Twitter is at Chris09Adams, and you can find my football blog at Pitch Pundits. And you can find myself on Twitter and Instagram as that red-haired dude. But for all things at the Bridge Pod, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for at the Bridge Pod. We're also on YouTube, dropping some videos. I'm hoping to do a Harry Kane one breakdown this weekend. Uh, Instagram's obviously getting more posts. I'm trying to do more on that as well, so that's something. Um, so drop us a like, a follow, keep up to date on all things Chelsea. Until next time, listeners, that is us signing off.